Welcome back to Thacker Sunday Hangover with me, James Thacker. Today on the podcast is a very good friend of mine, Mr. James Budd. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm all good. I'm all good, yeah. I uh, had a very restful extended Easter break. Um, oh, I, was nice. very, I was very tactical in terms of how I used my annual leave um, <laughs> around this time. So I managed to take four days off and like, I've only ended up working three days in the last couple of weeks. So that's been nice. Um, oh, I did do a bit of coaching up the rugby club for their Easter camp midweek. So that was very cute, coaching the under sevens and under eights and getting ah. them playing all those games that we learned back in the day, Cowboys and Indians and all the all the stupid little games, just getting them running. You don't actually need to coach them properly at that age. You just get them running around and get them excited. Those were the days. Those were the absolute days, mate. I remember we. we do you remember um, old Herdy's football camp back in the day? You were you were yes. big on football, but you were. <laughs> I used to. I used to eat the grass. <laughs> that was the, the ever. Do you know um, when they gave out awards for the last World Cup day on a Friday as well, and everyone yeah. got so heated on that day. <laughs> yeah. It was just like literally life or death. If I don't win the World Cup, I'm going to, yeah, yeah. There, there were tears every every single a, time without fail. That's a big memory that I haven't touched in a, in a while. Yeah, completely Throwback. forgot I used to do football camps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the thing, though. Back in the day before, everyone got addicted to um, phones and yeah, well, absolutely. Xboxes. Everyone just loved playing football. Everyone we were, just liked being out, outdoors. We were booked onto every possible after-school club, weekend club, summer club. Because, yeah, like before phones existed, before we had so many electronical devices to distract us from things, we could do whatever we wanted whenever we wanted outdoors. Does that say something about our parents' views on us that they booked us on every... <laughs> on Not it, wanting on us it, to be at home. On single camp after, <laughs> after school. <laughs> uh, but yeah, mate, it's, it's good to have you on. So yeah, we, we'll, start, we'll start with the start. So how do we know each other? We met in year one, right, at school. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you you were there from year one, but then you weren't there for too long at the college. No. Because um, then you decided to abandon me and I leave did. to an- another school. I did do um, But we spent many, many a time in the back garden playing stupid made-up games. I remember that game we were convinced we, we created <laughs> that was going to be an, an, an Olympic sport. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious me. We would stand either end of your garden in football goals and kick balls to each other to try and get it in the goal but yeah um, like kick tennis basically like England play rugby nowadays kick tennis. yeah 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 exactly <laughs> with like an American football or something but yeah those were definitely the days where we just uh play cricket until the bats were coming out in the garden yeah. I remember that as well oh mate nostalgia big nostalgia the the the, the, the yeah I mate trip down memory line this is going to be nice so before we kick off so obviously the the topic of today's podcast is extremely relevant and especially Very. with what you've you've got coming up later on in August, which we will come on to a bit later. Um, but before we go on to that, as this is Thacker Sunday Hangover, I want to start this as a little bit of a segment where every guest answers this question, which is your favourite item on an English breakfast, especially when you're hungover. I like that. I like I like a cheeky little game at the start of a podcast. Mm. Okay, my mm. favourite item as an English as part of an English breakfast, especially when I'm hungover, it can only be one thing. 
buttery, buttery white toast. Oh. <laughs> because but, but, do you want me to explain, or do you want to? Yeah, I, I want. No, I think wanna... I think that needs explaining because that's a bit of a controversial one. I wasn't expecting that. It is controversial. Fair. I was first thing that came to mind: cheeky bit of bacon, sausage. Yeah. But then I thought, like, if I boiled it down to the elements, and if I, I know you can't because I'm only picking one. If I had to eat one of them, I wouldn't eat any of the others alone, really. And it's just kind of like, it, especially on a hangover, some people get upset stomachs or feel a bit queasy and i could just pl- i could plow through a whole loaf of white bread toasted with loads of butter without oh, without fail yeah you're speaking my language now i used to um i used to eat a hideous amount of warburton's toasty bread at, yeah. at, at uni and and consequently put on a hideous amount of weight <laughs> <laughs> but um i don't know i it's I a tough question because yeah, to be fair, I I do toast is the one. I after a hangover, I'm really weird. I can't I can't usually stomach anything hot until the afternoon. Mm. So I usually go for like really weird stuff. So I'm probably the worst person to be even asking this question. But <laughs> for me, I don't know. To, yeah, toast isn't a bad one. Um, but I'm thinking, can you actually have an English breakfast without toast? Like, is it even on there? I don't know if that's like one of the state. I don't know where. Oh, that's uh, like it, one I mean, we ad- could we could get in we could get deeper into this because I don't like hash browns. Like, <laughs> yeah. So for me, on an English breakfast has to feature at least bare minimum two triangles, and they're sitting underneath the eggs or underneath the bacon. Two triangles. Wait, soggy though. Huh? No, soggy. not soggy. Do you, would, do you not do you not want the toast coming in one of those like sophisticated in the middle of the table? racks racks that you <laughs> get at the hotels? Mate. Hotels. That's what Grandpa yeah. Grandpa Bud does. Oh mate, the middle class is showing. Put <laughs> middle, it away. middle of the table, two racks of <laughs> two racks of different coloured toast, all all condiments alongside. So you, I, I mean, yeah. when I'm at Grandpa Bud's, I eat like an absolute king because we have a full English, and then I go on to dessert toast, which is <laughs> j- jam and marmalade. Oh mate, that's that's the way. That's the way. I remember, my, yeah, spending many days around Nans where it was just literally just chain eating. Yep like jam on toast and you're coming away like literally pot bellied and <laughs> she was very satisfied because she'd made us that much fatter so yeah. okay so we'll, so the first ever ever guest to ask that question we're going with toast <laughs> Good. I, I like it i think i might come up with like a little ranking system based on like your justification i'll, fi- yeah. I'll figure it out i'll figure set, it out i've set the bar i've set the bar simple yeah is it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Is that your favourite hangover cure as an English breakfast, or do you do something weird? My favourite hangover cure is exercise, mate. <laughs> I do oh, something oh, weird. Get in the bin. Look, you look at you, burn with, what was burn it? Burn with buddy. buddy. Mate, I'll get in the bin with that. There's no chance. I tell you what, last year I was in, was it last year? No, the year before I was in Prague with a couple of mates, and um, we'd, we'd gone very, very hard on the first night, and I woke up. I literally, I genuinely felt like I was cooking from the inside. It was oh. atrocious, and um, it was the most hungover I've ever been. I there was a Tesco weirdly right next to the Airbnb we were staying at. I didn't know they had Tesco's in Czech Republic, but apparently they do. Um, and I went down, and the only thing I could stomach until about twelve o'clock was just a yogurt drink because I was oh. like, I need something cold, yeah, and I need like something to just soothe myself. I had a yogurt drink and a Fanta, which. It's probably the worst combination. Very bad things, combination. But, yeah, oh, mate, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know why my... Like, I was just like, I need cold. I need yeah. like, something that's not water. And um, 
the boy, and then on that day we decided in the heat to climb up like the massive hill in Prague that looks oh, out over the whole city. Absolutely and the great boys idea. were the, the boys were just like trundling along like happy days, and I'm I am literally crawling up this hill, yeah. and I'm like, oh, never again. Um, but there you go. So I, I, I don't I, I don't think I've perfected the hangover cure. I think I want to try charcoal before bed. That's <laughs> like the next. That's the next one. I've heard that. You're that's, kidding. That's actually yeah. a thing. Yeah, charcoal and um, yeah, just like a pint of water and then charcoal before bed. Apparently, it does absolute bits. But the only th- problem is, is that I lose all kind of sense and rationale be- like when I'm drunk. So if I actually remember to do that, I will do that. Yeah. Otherwise, it will be uh, just more ice lollies and and anything cold. To be honest. Do you um, um, do you kick yeah. people off your podcast? You do I that? kick them? Well, I don't really. No, get I, I've not, I've never had to do that. I've, I've everyone's been relatively well behaved so far. Well, so, I, mean, I mean, I don't get hangovers, so that that doesn't really help this whole discussion. Well, I mean, does that does that say something about you on nights out where you, oh. don't, you just don't go hard enough? Oh. I, it's been, mate, it's been a while. I don't. To be fair, I, I in recent memory, I don't remember going on a big old apart from Ziggy's birthday. Uh, we haven't had fun. a night out. We haven't. No, we, we haven't. really haven't. Well, you can find Sorry. out in summer. Well, yeah, let's do it. We're going to do it. That's, that's gen- the next thing we're going to Generally, plan. I do like to put it back, but I honestly will just have a snack. So I'm, just quite, I'm quite a conscientious drunk, and I will have a snack and two pints of water before I go to sleep. Deary me, you're just so bloody sensible, aren't you? It's, uh... <laughs> Is conscientious How... even the right word? Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah, some some long sophisticated word. Um, <laughs> so how how has your lockdown been? I feel like that that's probably a question that like we've all answered a million times. Well, actually, it's a good but, question, um, and one yeah. not one that I have answered. If because now now we can kind of look back at, on the bigger picture, I guess, because it's been it's been a, over a year now. We're yeah. almost out of it, so it's probably quite a good question to bring back around. Because mine's mm-hmm. been a roller coaster. Like this, this last one's been the worst by far. And I'm sure it has for a lot of other people. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think when we first the first lockdown, as I've spoken about with other guests on the podcast before, I think because the sun was out, we mm. still had the honeymoon phase of like being locked down, not having to go anywhere, not having yeah. to commute anymore to work. And we had some of the nicer things about having yeah. more family time and all that kind of stuff. But then it very quickly dawned on us. It was like, oh, no, we yeah. the, like life is this not the same. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we, you know, it was like the comeuppance of like the quizzes, the challenges, like all, all of this stuff. So we're trying to keep life entertaining for ourselves. But then yeah. that very quickly um kind of well i mean the, the the novelty was lost yes and i suppose that's probably what bred what you started um hmm. at work right what burn with buddy yeah yeah so yeah well that was um that was lockdown one after after the novelty of the, those few things boiled away pretty quickly i got tired of quizzes so fast um yeah. <laughs> and so i because i i I thrive so much off like other humans energy. Like I, I love meeting mm. people. I love chatting. Let's be honest. Shit. Um, yeah. Just nattering with my pals. And so, and, but for me, it's not the same. I, I'm, I'm loving this right now because we haven't caught up in a while, but yeah, for the most part, for chatting, trying to catch up with different groups of mates on zoom calls and quizzes and all that sort of stuff every week was getting super tiring, surprisingly because of like how sociable I am as a person. But yeah, so lockdown one, 
as I'm into my fitness, offered offered work to do fitness classes. And I went a bit hard, a bit quickly and offered to do six in across the five days of the working day alongside right. alongside the fitness I was doing for myself. So, I mean, I ended up losing a shed load of weight in the first lockdown, yeah. which was which was ace. Yeah, you're looking very rigged these days, mate. Um, I mean, not 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 that you weren't before, but like you took it to the next level. I did didn't take you? it. I did take it to the nth degree, which I, I've always wanted to do at some point. Like I said to myself, oh, one day I'll see my six pack. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I finally did, um, which was good fun. But yeah, so I was I was doing live workouts for work, and then rolled that over to Instagram. Had a bit of fun, went in waves. Had all my mates on at one time, and then. After it started dying out, I kind of just dropped it off. Tried to pick it up again, knocked down three, and no one was having much of it because we were all tired of trying to sign into lockdown workouts again for another time. Yeah. It was just that it's that third lockdown pain of like everything coming around again that we've already already done, already got over and bored of trying to trying to bring back to life for one last time, and it just wasn't happening. So, yeah, I think. Um... We we had to adapt really quickly in that first one. And yeah. I think trying to find something to stimulate us and then you obviously got in your groove. I think it was, would you say it was something that you quickly identified that is something that you needed to do, but also saw an opportunity to help other people out with? Because obviously, act- and this is something we'll come on to, but activity, you know, other than just your general health, and we all know that when you're healthy, you'll generally feel a lot more positive. And- yeah life will be a lot easier but also just that mental stimulation you get from exercise and and that togetherness aspect of doing something on zoom as a group together knowing that other people are doing it as well did you say would you say that that was kind of a motivational factor behind doing it absolutely yeah i love i love helping other people but massively a big part of it was helped me keep keep structure yeah. to my week I was, I was doing eight workouts in five six days but it meant that I knew what I was doing morning before work, lunchtime during work, and then in the evening on Tuesdays and Saturday, like brunch time. And, and I was doing it with a group of people that were like, we were supporting each other. And it was just a nice little community. No, that's cool. I, yeah, I remember tuning in for some. I'll be honest. I think I did one. Um, I did tune into others just to see like how you were doing and like people um, coming on and stuff and the positive comments and stuff. And you did such a good job um no it was re- it was really cool to see and i think and then i suppose as you go on like say people became a bit fatigued with you know having to constantly you know yeah. be adapting to another lockdown and you know as as the summer months kind of grew old and then we the cold weather started to come in that's when things get a bit more bleak because you're like oh how long is this going to go on for it's now getting very cold yeah. i can't go anywhere and you know and I don't know if you got COVID. I got COVID um, just before Christmas as well. So I had to isolate during my Christmas holiday um, right up until Christmas Day. So, again, that that was just sucky because yeah. instead of going out for walks and seeing people um, around that time, if you can, I can't, I can't even remember what the rules were back then, to be honest. Um, but I had to isolate. And then you th- you're kind of thinking, oh, bloody hell, like, when is, when is this going to be over? So yeah. I suppose we, we had to kind of roll with the punches a little bit and find different things. That's that's one thing, though, when when it comes to, like, the third lockdown and, and when things are getting more, more adverse and more, you know, difficult, that's when you kind of try and build your resiliency or that's when you have mm. to find a different gear in your mental state because yeah. as much as we're going to talk about 
um, you know, mental health and how important it is and how, you know, how important it is to look after it and for other people to be mindful of it. It's also really important for you to build up your own res- resiliency. Yeah. Um, and there's multiple ways to do that. But there is an element where you kind of got to buckle down a little bit and just grit your teeth and get through that hard bit as well. Mm. Um, especially when it comes to things like exercise and when it gets harder and if you want to keep consistent, because you know, on the podcast, we've talked about building sustainable habits, especially around fitness. Yeah. It is actually just really important to be resilient as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. Like, some, and, and, and I guess we're going to touch on this more and more. But that I've, I had that this afternoon, like thinking about my own mental resilience, because coming on to like, thinking about this podcast and the fact that um, the situation I'm in, I don't want to jump ahead in your your timetable of this podcast. But yeah, I, I had a, I had a tough afternoon today. I'm happy to admit that, but it was it was to do with my mental resilience, and I, I felt like I it, I was being tested because I'm trying to settle into a new city, or I mean, have been for months, and I'm still not settled because there's no consistency around my my weeks and my days here in Liverpool at uni. Right, and so it was fully testing my mental resilience because I, I got up, I did my workout. I got everything ready, had breakfast, trundled up to the studio. And then on my walk back from the studio after an average day of work with a lot of procrastination, yeah, I kind of just felt like, oh, what am I, what am I to do now? Um, still, yeah. I still don't have much like to, that I can plan for myself. Nothing's te- technically really open. And yeah, I've, I've done my exercise for the day. Do I do another workout or do I, I don't know. I, I, and I just, I kind of got into a, a spiral about, not having anything to do yeah I think that's really common to be honest I think yeah this has dawned on me as well and this is something that I've reflected on massively is we you know as a species um especially as young people we want to get busy living and I think you can view it as that COVID's kind of robbed a year of our life I I tend to um kind of lean on the side of glass half full in that respect because as much as we haven't been able to do lots of things it's enabled us to focus on other areas and you know commit more time to things like reading and you know i've i've even joined a book club i mean absolutely mate like like that's something that i never thought i'd do but around social activism and things like that so learn way more about that space commit ourselves to you know uh personal progression in our careers yeah and things like that it does get to a point though where you do you do want to get more social you do want to you know go out and socialize with friends like on a friday night go to the pub go bowling go do something just beyond the you know netflix get home just yeah. relaxing watching the golf yeah it's just it is real monotonous yeah um but i think that that's something coming out of lockdown i'm i'm going to personally be very mindful of is that just seize every opportunity you get yeah. rather than you know finding a way out of certain situations because you're not sure if you really want to make the effort to travel all the way to xyz place to, yeah. to spend time with people grab the opportunity of both hands because you genuinely don't know yeah. you know how much time we've got and it can be so easily robbed away from us i think mm is just this whole period has given me such a deeper appreciation of time yeah it doesn't necessarily help you in the in the kind of immediate though and i i appreciate how i appreciate your point of view because i've definitely been there um and definitely something i'll i'll touch on a bit later in terms of personal experiences with mental health but it is something that we go through i mean would the reason why i started this podcast not only to um 
can I share share some positivity and just in a, in a pretty bleak time for everyone, just try and have a bit of fun and and bring some you know conversations of like um, of interest to people. But it's also something for me personally, away from work, away from rugby and fitness. Yeah. That I can like a passion project that I can sink my time and my love yeah. into that was going to stimulate me beyond it. And I think finding that is really, really important so that you have something else to look forward to. So you're not necessarily finding yourself in that situation. You're like, well, I've done my exercise and I've done my uni work today. So what now? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, so we're kind of, I don't know if you want to jump back um, to the next step on that. Cause I've made a few notes, but it's talking about what exactly what you touched on having a, a passion project a tribe and a third space but that that's at the end of the section where we talk like where we think about how we can improve mental health but should we touch yeah, on well, our definitions of it first and why yeah, everyone's talking th- about it i think so um so we'll, we'll, i mean i've got a definition of mental health i think we can probably deliberate that to a little bit yeah. um so what the, um, the world health organization says is that it's a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her abilities and can 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 cope with normal stresses of life can work productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to wider community I'm not sure about that last bit that's a that's like, a con- mouthful yeah yeah it is a bit of a mouthful i think i think that does massively overcomplicate it yeah in a way and that last that last bit around contribution to his or her community like that's very vague for yeah. one but also I wouldn't necessarily say that if you're not making a contribution to wider society, then you've got bad mental health. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that last bit, but it's essentially, you know, making sure that you're, I suppose, content and also in in yourself and, and I suppose stable and being able to rationalize your, your own emotions, I guess. Yeah. Um, And, and also recognizing when you're having uh, a not so great day, that's okay um but taking the proactive steps to overcome them yeah um that that kind of stuff would you would you agree so i mean for me firstly everyone's very different and and everyone just like everyone's physical bodies everyone's brains and therefore mental health are very very different and it it doesn't stay the same day to day as we'll, we'll touch on and as i felt this afternoon um and i'm really glad that you've done this podcast and you picked me to jump on about mental health because like with loose heads and, the, and talking about the stigma attached to mental health problems or not just problems even just discussing the fact that we all have mental health some people aren't, yeah. aren't willing to even talk about that as a, as a thing as a, as a topic mm-hmm. of discussion when so for me I, I actually I did look up definitions of mental health before jumping on this podcast but a lot of them were just so wordy and not not very not very correct to me or descriptive to yeah. anyone like me so I think for me, I just think, think about physical health, think about your body, think about like maybe having an ache in your elbow or getting a cold or like, and you, you'll prioritize improving those and getting them back to a point where you don't feel a creak in your elbow or you don't have a sniffle in your nose. And, and although a brain is completely different to a human body, it's still part of that biology. And I think for me, mental health exists. And I'm not saying that having bad mental health means you need to fix it straight away like you would a, a bad elbow but notice that i think mental health is the same as physical health and they are yeah. they're, they're one in the same in a way because you can't really have one without the other and i don't know i think i'm i'm losing my train of thought here but basically yeah i, I get you I, I do get you i think it's 
it's something that should be on a similar level. You know, you we think about traditionally, uh, if you've got something wrong with you, you're usually talking about an ache or a pain or something you go to the hospital for. And that's the stuff that we usually only, and it's quite, re- it's usually very reactionary. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of being able to look after our body, but we always, always neglect the mental health side of things. And I think the, the concept of mental health has only really become very prevalent in, I'd say, the last five years um, in terms of being, you know, widely speaking about it. And every, everyone's having this conversation now. And I think I'm really encouraged to um, see more of my teammates at rugby and just general friends checking in with each other on a regular basis and asking each other how we're doing and yeah. how we're coping with things. I mean, that is a sign that we're becoming a much more aware of it as a society. Yeah. But however, I am very aware that not everyone is accepting of that. Not everyone will be admitting of like having mental health issues or, you know, they'll, they'll just kind of try and battle through, shove it to a dark corner of their mind and not really think about it, not try yeah. and fight it as much as they can. Um so I, th- I suppose that's that's the reason why I wanted to to do this podcast um, to I suppose keep the conversation going, bring bring some really you know important talking points to light. Um, I think it is really important to mention though. I think in certain spheres, especially on social media, I do think I, I do feel like there's a little bit of mental health fatigue creeping in in terms of the chat around it and the talk um, because mental health has become a very much a buzzword amongst yeah, big buzzword. a lot of people, a lot of people our age and a lot of organizations. And we see, you know, how easy is it to share a post onto your story? I know I've done it many times around mental health and things like that, but that's where on social media, that's where the conversation stops. Someone will see that for about five seconds. Mm-hmm. They'll digest the information and then it might mean something to them. But you're not actually having a conversation with other people. You're you're just spraying information out there. Mental health. Be aware of it. Yeah. But actually, do you know, do people know what it means? I think a lot of people are tired of seeing the words like mental health and you know, it being very unrelatable to them. I suppose yeah. there's that issue as it well. It could be. I mean, seeing a story that you've shared could actually be a trigger for another person. And you don't mm. even you don't even know that. Like, let's say, for example, today, this afternoon, when I was feeling particularly low, I went on Instagram and saw loads of people sharing stories about mental health and how to get out of it. And I, I could have sat there potentially sat there feeling like I can't get out of this hole because uh, th- thanks to like not thanks to, but I'm looking at this story that you've reposted and you're suggesting ways to get out of a hole. And I'm looking and I can't do any of them right now. I'm just going to feel worse about myself. So there are there are definitely times where you're right just sharing a story and that then the conversation stopping there isn't really helping anyone yeah so i think that's that's why i guess it's it's important to fill in the context around um what actually is mental health why it matters why people need to take more of account of it um and and, and hopefully in time you know in society it won't be even something that we need you know, not necessarily saying that this podcast is going to be, you know, groundbreaking and used as a point of reference uh, yeah. in the future for, for for mental health. But hopefully, it won't be such a stigma. It won't be something that has to be so actively thought about. It's just something that's part of our everyday lives, and we're just making sure that we're checking in with other people and also checking in with ourselves on a regular basis yeah. and finding really easy ways to monitor how we're feeling and if we're not feeling great, how actually to deal with that. 
Um, and I know there's, you know, people that are able to help like psychologists and life coaches and, and people like that. It's very important to, uh, to seek that help should you need it, but it's just really important to keep staying on top of much like you would say, you know, like people go to the gym to make sure that their bodies are in a strong position. People yeah. do lots of rehabilitation work around specific joints and ligaments and things just to make sure that they can keep active. It's important to stay on top of mental health in a similar vein, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And also, and there's nothing to say that, for like, for example, touching on what you said about like psychologists and psychiatrists, there you don't actually necessarily have to wait. Well, the thing is, you shouldn't really wait until you feel like you need it. At that point, it, some people would think that it's too late. It's like waiting for a pec tear to go see the physio. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. for me, seeing the brain the same as the body in the gym, make sure you're warming up, make sure you're checking in at the body with the body parts. If you see someone with the wrong form, go and have a chat to them, say that maybe potentially drop the weight a little bit. Like it, there are so many metaphors that you can take from like someone that takes care of their physical well-being and putting that into the conversation with mental well-being. Yeah. And I think um, we, we, we can, we see obvious um, kind of consequences should that not happen. And then they're not always, um, that drastic but they can be quite subtle and you know they, they can lead to some quite negative consequences which I guess we can come on to yeah um, but I suppose the reason why this has all come about and there's, su- there's been such a surge in um, you know charities and NGOs you know sort of like loose heads like mind like calm um, just to name a few um, I think is because we're trying to get away from a lot of the old school ways of treating each other. The, ma- the man um, the, up and all that jazz. Yeah, that kind of stuff, especially when it comes to men's uh, mental health. Um, obviously, we can, we, we're can we more close to that. So I suppose when we're talking about mental health, it's a lot more relatable for us to talk about the men's side of things yeah. because that's all we've experienced. And um, to be honest, I, I, I would love to have more um, progressive conversations with with women around mental health. And I think that's something that I'll definitely line up for the future. Yeah. Um, I guess we can only speak from our experience, right? Of but course. I definitely, I, th- I think we've definitely come from um, the old school kind of being brought up to an extent as much as, you know, we, I think we'll probably be first to admit we've both lived pretty privileged lives up to this point um, and very grateful for that. Yeah. But at the same time, there have been definitely instances in my life and my kind of you know being brought up um, not necessarily by my parents but people like coaches teachers who have definitely adopted the old school ways of you know schooling where it's kind of man up they'll give you an absolute bollocking if you get something wrong I remember one specific rugby coach who <laughs> would really let you have it at the age of 10 or 11 it should you not Was his name Nick Bart? like the his name wasn't Nick Bud. <laughs> Nick Bud was one of the, the nicest coaches. I think he was he was the guy that always used to put his arm around me when I was crying about what the other coaches said. Um, oh, he's a good lad. Yeah, but it's about I suppose it's it's moving past yeah. that and yeah, just just treating each other with with more kindness and and more thoughtfulness, yeah. I guess. Yes, yeah, it's, it's and it's the the first thing I thought when you said that is the behind closed doors thing. It's like you this kid's coming to rugby training on a Saturday, Sunday, whenever it is, but you just don't know what's happening at school or at home. And it, and there's, there should really be no place for you to fly off the handle as a coach or as anyone, even if, even if you were on a peer level with this person, there's no reason for you to, for, for you to raise your voice or be unkind to a person when you don't know 
what's going on inside their head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you've got more obvious cases and, and that's still super prevalent today. And I think some maybe a contributor towards the apathy towards mental health, which is things like bullying, um, especially the comeuppance of online bullying now. Yeah. And we've seen really high profile cases of um, in recent times, like Caroline Flack, where, you know, she took her own life as a result of like horrendous, just online abuse for a long period of time. Mm. You've heard like lots of sports personalities as well also talk about the horrendous abuse that they're um, coming under all the time and just really struggling under that. And it's just so that that's what I say. That there's some of the causes behind negative mental health. I'm sure there are lots of others. It's I think that that, that does lead a lot of people to so the causation of um, you know the, the reasons that I've just mentioned. They do cause people to be very closed off, and they don't. And and I suppose that old school way of thinking, you know, man up, toughen up, you know, oh, it's only banter. Um, that can cause people to be very closed off because when as soon as you start expressing your um, opinion or not opinion, but your honest truth around how you're feeling, yeah. then you're then back in the day, and even still now in some areas, you know, of of society you're going to be scrutinised in a negative way for actually opening up as to how you're feeling. Yeah. And then that can lead to people just never opening up and just bottling it all up, you know? I mean, I still, to this day, feel like an element of, of personal weakness when I open up about how I'm feeling. And that's that's due to how, like, the space that I was brought up in and, and the fact that mental health wasn't treated as, as, a, as a thing. No one spoke about it when, in the, in the circles that we were swimming in when we were younger... And so to this day, I still feel weak or less lesser of a person when I'm opening up to someone about how I'm feeling. And, yeah. and that's something we do need to drop. And, it, and it's for, for men our age, and as, as you said, we're only talking about our experiences. For men our age, that's one of the biggest problems is feeling that we're less of a man because we are not having a good day or not understanding what, what, why our brain's making us feel like this. Yeah, and I think that's that's perpetuated through so many different ways. I mean, the idea of what it is to be a man, I guess, and, and you know, that stereotypical macho, yeah. nothing can beat me, um, you know, and we idolise the kind of people, especially in the media, who give that um, vibe that, that, you know, there's nothing ever wrong with them, life's always fantastic. And then if, if you ever encounter a bad day, you're like, oh no, like, why am I not as great as that person that I'm seeing all the time? Yeah. You know, and, and, and internalise a load of panic and fear. I suppose on the other side, it's, it'd be good to understand, I mean, what's your perspective on why, as another person, would you think less of a, you know, less of a man, less of anyone for saying, oh, you know what, I'm actually really struggling today. Or if you've tried to give them a bit of banter, them reacting really badly to that, and then you go, oh, well, it was only banter. It was only yeah. a bit of joke. Um, In fact, the, com- you know, the complete opposite. If, if someone like, opened up to me, com- opened up completely honesty and showed me, showed me, like opened their, their chest, essentially, I'd respect them for it. And, mm. and so it's, it's weird that when I'm doing it myself, I, I don't give myself that respect and care. And, and, and I, I feel weaker and less of a person when I'm doing it to someone else but if yeah. you were to come to me or anyone was come to me and open up to me i'd respect them fully and give them both ears 
Yeah, I think that's that's probably because we're, mo- I suppose, we're in the generation that's moving with the times. I still think there's, there are some people, especially of our probably parents' generation, where I, I, I know for sure that there's parents, there's people in our parents' generation that would benefit from seeing someone about, you know, their mental health, their, you know, potentially a psychologist, things that they've gone through. I think it's just a lot. It's a lot less straightforward than pe- people make out to be. But also, we should all be open to hearing other people when they're whenever they're coming to us about mental health, entering into that conversation with a more of an open mind, more compassion and patience. I think um, also displaying those consistent behaviours with your friends, with your family, to let them know that yeah. you know they can come to you whenever, and you know. It, there's never a bad time to talk about these things because I think that's also something that enters into people's heads that are oh, best not speak to them this day because they're in a really, you know, they, they don't want to hear it or whatever, but actually, you know, it's really pressing on your mind and you want to open up. And then when, when you yourself are suffering from poor mental health or if you need to get something off your chest, having the courage to speak up, I suppose you, you, it's about finding the right people as well that you can have these conversations with, I guess. Yeah. Um, but just being a lot more open, a lot more, I suppose, trusting um, and, and progressive thinking around those conversations. I'm I'm encouraged with what's happening in our generation. I, I'm just yeah, thinking of the ways that we can try and find different ways to for it to resonate in different areas of society. Yeah. Um, I think it's happening slowly but surely. Uh, but I suppose... That we, Slow it's progress kind of is better than no progress. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Little little baby steps. And we and we're we're doing the right things. I'm I'm sure both of us could do do more, as yeah. as could everyone else. But I'm filled with confidence by this conversation and the fact that we're that the title of this podcast will will have mental health in it. So I mean, that's that's great. And I think yeah, our generation are, are beginning to do the right things and beginning to open up more, understand more, care for each other more, um, and and question other people's actions towards other humans. And that, yeah. and so we're we're still at the starting point, but we're going in the right direction. And it's it's important to go about all of those actions with genuine intentions as well, because something that I see a lot of is a lot of virtue signalling, yeah, um, especially on so- social media now. And you know, it's it's incredibly difficult to differentiate that by the way so it's we're treading on a little bit of dodgy ground yeah for sure but i I, de- I definitely do see a lot of kind of jumping on the bandwagon of a particular story or something that's happened in the news or a post because it's gaining a lot of popular attraction but no one's actually having genuine conversations behind that no one's actually reaching out to their mates mm. and generally living the values of what they're putting out there and I think that's also really important. So as much as it's important to engage with these topics, it's, you know, progress the conversation, progress it in the right way and not, you know, I I make a parallel to on a rugby pitch. There is absolutely no point in a rugby pitch. If you're trying to uh, communicate a message, everyone on the pitch shouting and screaming, making a load of noise, because as much as that might be really intimidating and really off-putting in terms of the opposition, it means diddly squat when it comes to actually achieving the overall objective. Yeah. So it's about having the right conversations. It's around, you know, actually going out with the best genuine intentions possible, I think. Do you agree? Yes. 
And then, so some statistics that I think will probably help it resonate. Um, and to be honest, statistics only tell a part of the story, but it's important, I think, because it, it is quite graphic in people's minds and it, it does put it into perspective. Uh, th- these are just some things I looked up before this podcast. So one in four people will experience mental health problems at, at, at some point or in some kind of description each year. So, you know, that's a large percentage of people. Yeah. And I think, you know, that when you think about, all right, I've got four people in my house at the minute. So one of us during the course of this year will encounter a mental health problem. Yeah. So it's just, you know, that that's, that's a high percentage. And it's making sure that we stay on top of that and making sure that we have an appreciation that, you know, we need to help each other, um, but also to help yourself along. Yeah. Um, one in six people report a common mental health problem, such as anxiety or depression, in every any given week in England. So, like a sixth of the population is, you know, f- suffering. And I think that's probably exacerbated and accentuated by um, the the lockdown, the yeah. pandemic. In that, you know, it, it has been a really difficult time for people and um so it's you know it's really prevalent and i suppose it, it, it the the purpose behind that stat is that it is a more common issue than i think a lot of people realize yeah um it definitely it definitely is so- and again that 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 will be brought to the fore by more conversations that people are having but i can yeah. i can completely say that my mental health has been worsened by the pandemic and i've definitely the barring a few key moments in my life some of some of the worst days I've had w- with the relationship with my brain have been during lockdowns. Wow. How, um, I mean, you, you don't have to if you don't feel comfortable, but do you want to go into that a bit more, like in terms of how exactly you're feeling, like how um, you came about? Uh, I, I think it's just like the, I think maybe it's it's because of the amount of inward reflection. I haven't actually, I didn't, I didn't write this down. This wasn't a note coming into this podcast um that I was I thought about I was I was going to talk about um but I'm happy to be honest and open I think that that is part of this whole conversation and so for me the worst days than the I've had with my my head um during lockdown have just been days where I've felt a sense of like being lost or not really having much of a purpose and not being able to do anything about it yeah and so and and then for me i i try and find solutions to things pretty pretty much straight away and when i can't it gets worse and i f- try and find and so i try I, I try 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 and try and try again to fix to like put a put a plaster over this wound or to try and patch up this one side and and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger because i'm like poking and prodding at it um mm. but i i couldn't tell you a specific day where I've, I've sat in bed and like just felt lost, but it doesn't happen as much outside of lockdown. But I think, you know, it's probably, it's probably been a good thing in terms of me looking inwards and understanding myself on a deeper level, Um, which is, which is why lockdown has brought this conversation much more to the fore because people have had more time to talk about, themselves talk to themselves look at themselves in the mirror and understand what's going through their own heads and when you don't have an outlet like going to the pub or playing rugby or whatever 
and you and you feel like you haven't even got the energy to read a like pick up the book you're trying to read that there's there's not much you can do other than talk about how you're feeling with a mate but sometimes sometimes everyone else is doing something or it's 10 30 p.m and no one most people might not be able to pick up their phone or whatever so I've never got to a, a, ver- a very, very strongly dark place, but I've been in bed at night thinking, I don't feel, even though the day after I'm going for a bike ride and I'm, I'm grand again, like happy happy days, but some, some random midweek evening, I'll just be in the biggest slump in the world and I, and I won't be able to do anything about it. Yeah, I think there's a couple of like really important things there. So you say that there's no, there's no you can't recall one, point where you, you you thought oh no you know like there's not there's not been one doomsday day where you're thinking ah oh, like everything's pointless duh, 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 like what's my purpose here in life but it's something that probably gradually over time like a tide just kind of comes up on you and um i suppose the more consistently you feel those negative emotions the stronger then the effects will be yeah um but then i guess what did you have a response to that? You know, aside from talking to other people, you know, what I think in times of trial and tribulation, like you say, it does force us to um, adapt and learn and, and move and, and I suppose learn ourselves a little bit more. So was there anything that you learned about yourselves where, you know, by doing X, Y, Z activity actually helped improve your mental health? Well, yeah. So, I mean, in moments like that for me, saving grace would have to be things like meditation yoke calming because when it when it's 10 30 and you feel like you not that you don't want to wake up in the morning but you feel like you don't you're on the part you're on the wrong path or you haven't even got the energy to do whatever they they don't take a lot of energy or much thought and so yeah re- read it when even when i feel like i can't read because the words are confusing my mind like making me feel sick Two two things, yeah, meditation and yoga. If it's late in the evening and I don't feel like someone's going to pick up the phone, they're two absolute rocks for me. Nice. And you felt you've kind of went on a journey to find that, like that. Is that something that you kind of experimented with? You tried a few things and were like, actually, this is this is kind of making a difference. This is really helping me gain some like mindfulness here. Yeah. So, well, I think um, I've toyed with meditation. Um, for a few years but yoga was introduced me to um introduced me by my girlfriend when i was actually fun not fun enough but i was in a not the best mental mental health space my first two weeks in liverpool um i didn't have a rental um i was staying in airbnb and i I was super confused about what i was doing i was bouncing between london and liverpool every two weeks um with like no secure base up here and one evening I just didn't know what to do with myself. I'd done my workout. I'd done my work. Like I ticked off, you know, like you tick all the boxes for the day and you, you feel like you should sit down after dinner and be like, sweet, happy days. I've smashed that day. I've done everything I wanted to do. Sure. I did. I'd got through everything I wanted to do so quickly because I was hiding away from the fact that I wasn't feeling right. So I did everything like up super early, did my workout, went to the library, did a full day of work, ate all the right things, this, that, and the other. And it got to seven thirty, and it was like, Oh, I still don't feel good. Um, and so Vass told me about this woman yoga with Adrian, just gave it a whirl, one of the beginner sessions. And that was, that was the start of a pretty, and it's still going now, a pretty great journey with yoga because 
for me it's like an active mindfulness it's almost an active meditation it combines it's like habit stacking even though you shouldn't be doing it when you're thinking about mindfulness but yeah <laughs> stacking stacking being like doing some stretching and meditating in one is epic so for me that was that was the start of a great journey with yoga and i still do it pretty much daily from that's awesome. from that day no, that's really cool i think and it's really good that you found the thing that works for you i think that's probably the <clears throat> sorry uh that's probably the important takeaway is to when you're experiencing those low points when especially here talking to people of course is important but uh, you know we spend the majority of our lives in our own company so yeah. it's about experimenting it's about finding different things that we can do to help improve our mood um whether that be the po- positive stimulus in our brain through activity whether that be something like getting out there you know seeing something beautiful you know by photography or um just being in the presence of other people in like a park and just taking some time to get away from the you know the real heavy stresses of the world and and finding some way to just be a bit more mindful and, and yeah. take a load off and I, I think it comes to people should um relish the the process of doing that yeah um that's something that i can relate to so much you know like you um this this year has definitely not been without its tribulations for me from a mental perspective and actually got to a point where i was feeling very very low um especially around october november time um i remember it was when ziggy was out of the country and you know i'm still living at home but you know work was crazy um i think there's also worries about you know job security and that kind of thing yeah i hadn't played rugby since march it was getting on to six months it's now a year um without rugby well we're now back into it through training and things like that but we haven't played any competitive games and it was just getting on top of me slowly but surely I wasn't wasn't able to do anything the things that I love doing you know gym was shut um I didn't have any motivation to go out and do any photography I didn't have an extra passion aside from rugby so had all this pent-up frustration and over time it just I started asking my question a lot of you know and and it was really like to a worrying degree but I was like what's the point yeah um I, I just felt an overwhelming sense of what's the point and I, I I'm I'm someone that does I'm a bit of a deep thinker especially when I'm on my own yeah. um so I suppose I you know it's probably good to not be on my own for too long <laughs> um because I do start to like um manufacture all these kind of scenarios in my head um but it's it just got so heavy and you know the weight of the world you're hearing about social issues environmental issues yeah um you know the, the you know every day like doom scrolling covid news like yeah. it was, it's just been so much bad news after bad news and like i just kept thinking what's the point what's the point and it got to the point and and i want to stress this really like really clearly before i say this because i've i've never been you know to a point where I like wanted to take my own life or suicide or whatever. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I found myself having to block like suicide out of my mind in terms of like a reality. Like it was the first time that my brain had been like suicide's a thing. Like, yeah. And I was like, Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. like, what it's, is that? How scary I, is that I, mate? 
and and I was just like, what the hell? Like, I because I've never been like that. I love life, like I love my friends, like my family, like everything, and, and I've never been the kind of person that's like been, you know super down and and all that kind of stuff and then all of a sudden i just felt it creeping on me yeah and i was like why am i having to like it felt like and i got to a point where i did you know i did have like a bit of an emotional day and i was like i just came like this outpouring of emotion like why do i feel like this like when's life going to get better Mm. blah 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 blah. so so it probably that that is probably when it gets to a point where i should have taken more proactive steps to talk about it with people to the extent that it was getting to before I actually got to the point where I was like, fuck, like, uh, and, and like bawling my eyes out. However, after that, it did provoke lots of, um, you know, really positive conversations where I was able to be open and honest with people like my dad, my friends, you know, they, you know, talking through stuff and trying to rationalize your feelings and, and, the, and why you're feeling that way was really, really helpful. And then, I made a kind of commitment to do more things on a daily basis that were genuinely positive for yeah. my health and for my mental well-being. So it's things like putting the phone down when, you know, I need a break. So because, you know, so, so there are so many negative things that come from my, you know, if, if I didn't need my phone so much for like daily activities, I probably would say I don't actually want slash need one. I um, like love I, the idea of not having a phone. But I, I know I know that will probably sound quite contradictory compared to like my Instagram activity and thing because I do like so Twitter I like is a yeah. good conversation and Instagram is like a good place for me to log memories. But actually going without it would be a really good thing. So it's doing things like that, putting down the phone every once in a while, getting out and getting some fresh air. You know, the thank thank God that rugby's come back because yeah, I just have needed that so much. But just and, and then like doing things like reading and slowly but surely by doing something positive every day and just building that up, talking to more people, being more open with the conversations that I was having. You know, I've I've attacked 2021 with just a completely fresh mindset, feel super positive, you know just building, you know, finding things outside of work, like the podcast that I can, you know, find as a passion, you know, yeah. something to mentally stimulate myself, taking action and, and actually giving myself my, more ownership as to how I'm feeling. Um, you know, it was a really important kind of journey to go on. Now, in the future, I, I now know, like, what preventative measures to take before yeah. I get to that place because I, I now kind of see the warning signs that culminate in kind of that, explosion of ah, like yeah why are we here what is life like <laughs> this kind of really deep stuff and um not that you should have to go through that but yeah i think it, it's been a tough time um for, for a lot of people i'm sure we're not the only people that have felt like that but no. i suppose it's good good to talk about it because it's like i like we said it is a lot more common thing than i think people realize yeah and, and, and yeah, um, it, take, it takes conversations like this for, for other people to hear. And it is, it, it's not just in podcast format, but down the pub, on the train, on the bus, on the walk to uni, wherever you are. If you hear someone having conversations about a problem that you've experienced, it, it's going to lift your mood, even like the tiniest bit. Understanding that there are other people walking this earth on a, on day to day that might look like they're perfectly fine crossing the road, but have been through the exact same things as you, maybe even just the night before. 
yeah but then that's that's the key thing is that they're still here like yeah there is a there is another day tomorrow yeah things the sun rises better. again exactly like all these all these cliches we can <laughs> you know we can throw at it but it yeah. is true like things do get better um they get better exponentially when we decide to take action into our own hands and we're more active with it um and and i suppose take more ownership around preventative or yeah um or prevention of of those kind of negative feelings or consequences or not and even if it's not prevention it's accepting that not every day is going to be great um but through doing X, Y, Z, that we've identified that that's good behavior for me or that's a good activity to help my mood, then we can lift it slowly but surely. Yeah. It doesn't always need to be a rapid turnaround, but things do get better. So, yeah, big, big old reason as well why obviously, like, it was, it, it was good that um, it popped up and it coincided with you coming on the podcast was obviously the latest announcement. So you're working with Loose Heads and yeah. you're about to embark on an incredible challenge I, i'm definitely not um envious of you because my bum would be in complete tatters um <laughs> from the amount of cycling that i think you're about to do but do you want to um explain explain the challenge like what you're doing and then how that kind of came about yeah yeah I'm, i love talking about the crazy stuff i do in my life um, do it man <laughs> yeah so uh lou said yeah lockdown one um, I became part of the Looseheads Academy. Long story short, um, about my relationship with Looseheads, became part of the Looseheads like academy. Kind of just signed up, wrote a bit about my story, what what I was doing in the next few years, and how I'd like to help Looseheads as a charity. Um, they admitted me into into the academy, so started building a relationship with the charity. And then lockdown two, just went out for a little little ride. I've I've always enjoyed fitness. I've always enjoyed challenging myself. It's the, it's the space when I when I'm at most at one with myself is mm. on a run, on the bike, just doing something you versus you out out in the world, like it's the best. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I was just out for a, I went I think probably twenty five kilometers on my single speed bike, just a little pedal around Hertfordshire when I was back staying at my mum's over Christmas, and I thought, oh, do you know what? I, I've always wanted to do Lands End to John O'Groats. And I don't know, maybe I could, maybe I could just do something crazy and do it on this bike. And then from, from that ride, it exploded. I called my mate, Will, and I had to call Will first because I needed to call someone that would bounce back the amount of energy I had about this challenge straight to me <laughs> and, and, and val- validate it for me. I couldn't call, I couldn't tell my family first because they'd be like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> so I had to call someone that I knew was going to be like, "Yes, mate, absolutely." So I called my mate. Knew Will. someone that wasn't going to talk you out of it. Yeah, you were like, for sure. I, I need, I need someone that's going to sell me my own dream. I talked myself and into it get... for that whole ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, it was a good idea when I when I called him, and it had to it had to be someone that it was going to be a good idea for as well. So that there, yeah, Will, thanks for that. And then from there, that's where the journey began. I think a week after that, after going out on a couple other rides, I was just testing the water to see if I could actually maybe train for this. Contacted Loosehead, who I was fortunately had a, a, a small relationship with already by then. Um, and they were more than keen. So from yeah, December was when the the seeds the seeds were properly planted. And so yeah, long story short, I am cycling the length of the UK, so Land's End to John O'Groats 
which will probably end up being around 1,000 miles, 1,600 kilometers um, on a single speed bike for Looseheads, a charity that we've talked about, but basically a, a mental health charity that focuses on like bringing new and innovative ways to advance like the dialogue around mental health amongst other things like supporting other charities um, and having a text service and all that sort of stuff um, partnered with team mental health but yeah so a great mental health and sports charity that I've been affiliated with in a a part for a year Um, some great guys at the top and I just kind of want to use it sounds I can't I need to think of a better way to to phrase this but I like the idea of using my body to help other people, but I need to, I need to come up with a better wording. (laughs) (laughs) Using my, losing my legs and absolutely killing myself on the bike for two weeks to raise some money for a great charity. Yeah, I think mate, it's, it's a, it's an absolutely more than worthy cause. And I think um, you're definitely going to be tested in body and in mind on uh, on that whole trip. So yeah. I think it's definitely an appropriate challenge for the kind of cause that you're doing it for. It's, it's awesome, mate. I'm big admiration for you. What's um, what's the preparation going to look like from now? It's uh, Was it August the 7th? Um, so the no, the first... I, I want to start on Tuesday, the 24th of August. So I've given okay. myself as much time as possible to train because of the... <laughs> the ridiculousness of the challenge um and the training has already started um this week is a a 210 kilometer week on the bike spread over three days spaced by a day i currently it's just kind of working through my training program that i've written in my head for myself i like i'm 50 percent wing it 50 percent plan so (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to plan it all out because where's where's the fun in that (laughs) but i don't want to i don't want to be exactly uh, i don't want to completely wing it so i've kind of already roughly planned the route i know it's going to be an average of 135 kilometers a day and i know roughly where i want to be in the weeks running up to that and i know i can i can get in terms of training i know i can get to where i want to be in training between now and then it's just then doing the actual challenge running on adrenaline fueling properly having support is going to be the biggest thing having people out on the ride with me and it's one of the one of the reasons i decided to do it was because of like the metaphor for mental health and the the journey you go through day to day like Mm. i'll be going i'll be there'll be tough days where i'll be constantly undulating hills um and i'll need every little bit of support alongside me as possible to get up those hills on a single speed bike and then there'll be flat days in the sun where on my 85 kilometer rest day so to speak where it will be a breeze um i'll be halfway through the challenge i'll have my dad next to me and it will feel like nothing can stop me so kind of like using that as a metaphor for the mental health challenges we go through day to day and one thing that i just definitely know i'm going to need is just support mates on bikes even people i don't know that i can connect with on the route just people alongside me on bikes or even just on foot walking up the hills next to me um, because they're going to be the toughest days yeah no that's that's awesome mate i'm sure there'll be lots of people out there uh holding flags and waving you on what uh, have you got any areas of the country that you you're slightly <laughs> you've got slight reservations over because the first two uh, there days, are a few hills yeah. in the way the first two <laughs> days and the last two days are the ones that i'm most worried about and what and the ones other people are most worried about for me when I right. told when I told other people about this challenge, um, 
people, especially people that have done it, for example, like Will Gooch, he ran it, um, which is absolutely mental. And a dude, yeah, wow. dude, a dude that I look up to, but yeah, so he ran it and he, but he did it the other direction. And there's a, there was a hill on maybe his third day that would be on my either last day or penultimate day in Scotland, which is apparently it has sand traps for lorries if their brakes fail. So kind of like, yeah, I think the Highlands and right at the bottom in um, Cornwall and Devon. So the first two days and the last two days, the Savage Hills there, particular parts of the country I'm worried about. In the middle, I'm not, it's not as bad. Like I've cycled a lot around the Liverpool area. So going to be stretching out to Manchester soon, but the rides I've already planned, this Northwest of England is surprisingly flat. Okay. So there's a, yeah, a few days in the Midlands and the Northwest, which I'm not too worried about. But second I cross the border into Scotland, it gets pretty hilly again. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, I did the, I've done the, I, last year I did the North Coast 500 in a car and yeah. I found that challenging. So uh, yeah, enjoy that, buddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but mate, that, no, that's, that's really cool. What, um, what are you looking forward to the most? What am I looking forward to the most? Whew. The last, the finish. Finish the end because I, it. yeah, just the feeling, the feeling that I'm I'm going to experience because I, the biggest challenge I've done to date, which is this is a big jump between the two, but I ran Amsterdam Marathon, yeah, in four hours and three seconds, which is so gutting because I wanted to get sub four, but oh. I burst into tears after when I crossed that finish line, and it was the feeling was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, amazing, mate. Well, I I uh, I struggle to relate because the the I think the furthest distance I've travelled on a bike is forty five miles when I did Palace to Palace um, two years ago, um, and I I think during that day I, I suffered three punctures. I think oh, half of that half of that was due to just my inexperience of riding, and half of that was due to the weight I was carrying at the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was real difficult um, yeah. i can't even imagine traveling the amount of distance that you're going to but mate i'm in massive awe and admiration of you so um that's awesome where can people donate to you if they want to donate justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash loose heads james bud um you'll find you should be able to find it it's on my instagram on my, in my bio Hashtag follow me and all that jazz. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll, I'll put I'll put all the links. In the, <laughs> I'll put I'll put it all in the uh, description. But yeah. um, uh, it's in my bio. Yeah. It's in it's on Loosehead's account as well, and it's on Just Giving. Um, so yeah, please anything pint of Guinness, whatever you can support, it would be really grateful. Brilliant, great stuff. So uh, I suppose just before we wrap up, I think just to kind of summarize everything that we talked about, if if we can, um, <laughs> it's. It, it's really important in this day and age and going forward to really look after our mental health. I think to be mindful of others' mental health, be open to the conversation, take some time out to speak to your friends, offer yourself out. I think regular check-ins help. Um, and depending on how you run your relationships with your friends, uh, with your family, you know, people maybe don't necessarily check in that much, but when you do make sure that we're having, you know, really purposeful and, um, open conversations with people around how they're doing um, one thing that I really like that loose heads do is they say ask how someone is and then how are you really ask, and how are they really and yeah. I really like that because it's very very true 
and I've I, and I've actually done that with some of the guys um, from rugby, and they actually have conversations that have led to oh, actually I'm struggling with with this bit of life at the moment. And you talk through yeah. it, and, it's that and, and, second uh, ask that's so important. Yeah. Yeah, and and you get them talking, and and you know, sportsmen are notoriously, from my experience, notoriously difficult to get open up because, especially in rugby, that is like a macho arena where people don't yeah. want to show any weakness. But thankfully, the the stigma is you know changing or you know being abolished now, and um, no, that's really cool. So you're yeah, asking how someone is, asking how they are really, um, arranging to do things together, and obviously that's going to be a lot more yeah um applicable you know we're going to be able to do that a lot more going forward as uh lockdown restrictions are easing uh, but even if it's going out for something like a walk and in the future i mean this is something that you know it's got quite personal to me but i'm going to try and avoid um day or like nights out where i'm really heavy drinking because mm. i think it's very, especially in this country we it's so normalized that we just drink ourselves into oblivion and we forget a lot of the time that drink, you know, drinking or alcohol is a depressant yeah. and you know, it, it's, it's notorious for making us feel that much worse, especially on a hangover or whatever. Um, now, you know, I love a tipple and it doesn't mean mm. that I'm never going to have a big drinking session ever again, but it's maybe like minimizing the, the amount of times we do that. Yeah. Um, and actually just, you know, having a, having a chill one, having those conversations over a pint and turning it into a good night rather than drinking yourselves into oblivion, trying to forget what's happened or, um, you know, any, any of that kind of stuff. So, so that's another one. And then probably finally, as I don't know whether James, you, you want to add any after this, but I think just think, be kind first in any interaction that you have. I think, nowadays we've got such a i want it now culture like we yeah. everyone's got such a short fuse you know you know road rage is very apparent we've got you know very little patience for other people especially when everyone's very tetchy now in social situations because we're probably not used to it after a little while of being out of out of like communities and things like that so everyone's super tetchy probably and not giving each other enough um leeway just think be kind you know your first yeah. thing in your head should be like am i being kind to this person that's something that i could definitely be better on um i think everyone can has room for improvements to some degree because i think we can all just be kinder to people especially in the uk yeah. um where we've always gone with the approach of stiff upper lip and get on with it chap so so i think be kind um and yeah aside from that buddy is there anything else to say oh buddy i've missed that nickname um, <laughs> yeah no be i think be kind is quite a, good, a nice way to end and then it, it leaves the point in people's head because it's it's not hard I, I don't know why um sometimes we think it's hard but takes to step back take a breath and just be kind because it's not it's really not that difficult to be a nice person to, to your fellow man woman and so yeah just just do it think about other absolutely. people absolutely mondo and uh, i suppose it's important disclaimer that james and i are not mental health professionals we only speak from our experience and how we understand it obviously we you know i think we've both done some reading and i've been active in this topic but we're not professionals from any stretch of the imagination so should you ever be struggling um to the point where you need you think you need to seek professional guidance absolutely do so um don't take for what we've said for gospel either but um hopefully that's been of interest to people hopefully it's helped sharing our personal experiences it, I, I definitely felt it was therapeutic talking about it to you mate so yeah. thank you for listening to me thank you for being 
you know open and honest and and sharing your experiences and uh man, i really enjoyed that podcast that was that was a really good one for me so uh, hopefully you enjoyed it too i loved it mate thank you very much for having me on and i hope to see you soon in person oh mate 100 percent, 100 percent. you'll uh well we'll have to i'll buy a bike and then i'll cycle to you <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cycle halfway or we'll go on a bike ride together or we could just go for a pint it's a lot easier for both of us <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah thank you everyone for listening appreciate you um it's really cool that actually um the amount of countries that this podcast has reached now i was really surprised looking at the diagnosis the other day we're reaching all corners of the globe so that's really cool um, well, congrats so, mate congrats yeah, thank, thanks buddy um so yeah really enjoying it we'll keep these going um i'll hopefully be back for a midweek remedy next week have a great week everybody take it easy look after yourselves and be kind